What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kemple of Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. I have a very, very special guest. Her name is Tara Eggenspiler. Did I say that correct? Listen up. Eggenspiler. Okay. I knew I was going to not do well on that, so, but I, I did a good enough job. She is the founder of Angela Maria Handbags and uh, also just started a new business called Sage... It's development for businesses, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you actually have a really interesting story. I, we met at a an event um, a couple, what, was it two years ago or a year ago? It was in 2019. Oh, okay. So it was last year. Oh my gosh. The, the, the time mm -hmm. is flying by. So why don't you introduce yourself, Tara, and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and all these exciting things that you do because you are definitely um, a creative you have like both sides of the brain because you're also an accountant, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Deanna, for having me on. I'm really excited to be on Label Free. Yeah. So I went to school formally for accounting and I really always had the dream of like working for a large company and being like, like you were saying, society standards, all these societal yeah. standards that I saw and I thought, oh my gosh, I need to work really hard and work in an office and make all these. Kind of like what I'm doing right now, <laughs> aside from this. <laughs> yeah, nothing against that, nothing against that at all. So I did, I did all those things and went to school for accounting and then I ended up in this tax role, which is very detail oriented, very like rules and laws and, you know, taxes. And I just kept wanting, I just kept having this itch to get the experiences of managing a company start to finish. And there were a lot of different ideas I had, but I just saw myself being in sort of a creative control and having some uh, fruits of my labor. I felt like with the tax role, I wasn't really able to see how I was providing any value. Sure. Um, definitely companies need taxes, but I just saw myself having more of an active role. And so I thought there were a lot of opportunities to go into consulting, but without having any background or experience in business, I couldn't see how I would ever make that transition within my career into a consulting role. So I thought, and I read a lot about this concept of a minimum viable product, because a lot of creative people like yourself, like myself, have all these different ideas and all these different business ideas and projects they want to do, but deciding on one can be difficult because, you know, you have all this passion, all this energy and all these ideas, but you can really only focus on one thing at a time sometimes, especially when you're new and you're beginning. I think sure. it's important to choose one thing and to figure it out before you spread yourself too thin. Too thin. So there's this concept of a minimum viable product and applying that to different ideas is basically trying something, throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I tried that with several different ideas. One was um, a fitness t-shirt company, which you were mentioning you're involved in fitness competition. Right. So basically I designed some shirts, went to a fitness competition and tried to sell these shirts. So I didn't know that. That's really cool. Okay. That's awesome. How yeah. was that? I did that for about four months okay. and I didn't have any idea what I was doing. I mean, I didn't know about how to even make a website and so I just had this vision of basically like managing a product sure. and so it didn't really matter what it was 
So t-shirts were just the simplest thing. So I was like, I'll just do t-shirts, figure out how to do the next thing. And so that kind of bombed. I don't think I, I think I sold two. It's kind of like my whole fashion uh, uh, journey because I didn't sell much either. And it's like, it's like trial by fire. But, you know, I don't look at when, when I decided to close that part of my, that, my business. And I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but like it was, it was hard to, to swallow that, you know, and just not think of myself as a failure. But I don't feel like I failed anymore. I went after my dreams. I pursued it hard. I probably went too hard. And there are, if I was to do it again, I would do a lot of things differently. But I think that to have the courage to go after something is like the first step. And that's why, that's why I have you on here today, because I think that you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's so important because so many people in society, I guess, it's like all about winning. It's all about getting it right the first time, you know, and there's so much failure and so many things that don't go right. Not failure, but learning experiences never. like that quote, you never yeah. fail. You either grow or you, I don't know. Grow. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> that saying, well, you know that one. page. <laughs> Yeah. So I didn't, I felt, I remember feeling that same way. I had to throw up all these shirts and I remember feeling like, this is so, this is just awful. This is not how I wanted this to go. But by the end of it, I knew how to build a website. I knew how to take photos. And so there were little things that were learned. But anyway, there were like a ton of different ideas. And I was meanwhile by day doing accounting and working on taxes. And I'd be sitting there with these, with this process I had to go through for each of these clients and just thinking, oh my gosh, like I need to be doing something a little more creative. I yeah. need to be expressing my real skills. And so I remember when I was a kid, I'd always spent a lot of time sewing and cutting up sheets and curtains and making, like I remember getting a bunch of corsets and decorating them with fabric and making these cool like corsets, which I mean, I was probably too young to even know what a corset was but like for some reason I was better though that's cool yeah I think I think there was like this idea of making them a masculine feminine balance like adding ties to them and like bow ties and stuff so anyways I remember I some that. do you have yeah, any of those, do you have any of those anymore or do you still have them no that was when I was about like 11 or 12 oh my god you shouldn't I have I, I have so many keepsakes in my basement I actually just went through, I have like these big containers. I actually just went through them and threw out a bunch of crap, but I kept a lot of stuff, like stuff that I did. Like your eyes. Okay. So speaking of that, I did this, so this shirt, I took this like men's shirt and I took like the, like, um, an aluminum can, like a pop can, the tops. I sewed mm -hmm. tops all around the sleeves on each side and around the bottom. And I still have it. Like I would never wear it, but it's like, it was all about like kind of sustainability and recycling, you know, cause my, yeah. grand, my grandparents were really big into recycling. And, um, but it's funny, you should have kept that. That would have been cool to see. Yeah. So are you still, have you always been interested in fashion or? Oh yeah. Okay. Cause oh, yeah, yeah really, if you've sewn and, and things like that. I did. Yeah. I used to sew quite a bit, but when I got into the, I don't, I not, didn't know like design, like you design your own bags, right? Yeah. But I don't make them. I design them and make them out of paper and I make the patterns for them. So tell, tell us about your, okay, wait, wait, hold on. So what made you start Angela, Angela Maria handbags? I just remember this kind of like two to three day period in 
2018 where I somehow ended up at the fabric store three times in two days buying all this vegan leather feeling this urge to make a purse for no reason at all I just liked purses I'd always I kept buying random purses and was interested in how they were made they reminded me of like sculptures kind of because they're three fashion pieces they don't require different sizing they one size fits all you know so I just thought, I just had this weird urge to make a purse for fun, for like pure fun. So I went on Craigslist because I had no idea you couldn't sew leather with just a standard sewing machine. Because I didn't know anything about fashion. Like I went to school for accounting. So I bought this sewing machine in, in Chicago off Craigslist from this lady and went home with all this vegan leather and this sewing machine that's meant for sewing a seam that broke and started trying to like make this little clutch bag. And obviously the sewing machine didn't work out. I was watching videos like on YouTube trying to figure out how to lace the thread, how to line it up. And so I decided I'll just sew it by hand. You know, this isn't working. Oh my God. (laughs) This purse by hand. So I spent like hours, I don't know how many hours. It may have been over one day. It may have been over like three days, but I finally, finally got this clutch. It resembled a clutch. And um, then that's when the bird inspiration came because my bags have this very, my, my signature is my pointed clasp, and that came from- Your bags st- are very unique. I love them. I am going to purchase one from you one day. I mean, I am single. I have responsibilities, but when I can afford one, I'm buying one from you because I That's do really love- That's really sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So my pointed clasp came from my first clutch, which had that point on the flap. And it was a mistake. I didn't mean to make the point. It was a, it was like a cutting mistake, but like I was sitting there and thinking, this is not going to work. Like I ruined this thing I've spent 15 hours on. And then I was thinking, wow, it really looks like a Raven's beak. Like kind of crazy, but I thought this reminds me of like a really fierce Raven bird. Who's just soaring and like, this is badass, but kind of cool and very structured at the same time. And so then I don't know, maybe within a few more days and just thinking about this purse and figuring out what other birds could I make. That would be really cool to make different bird bags. This was not an idea for a business. It was just pure hobby. I was just thinking about these different, like the swan and I designed, I was drawing them on paper and making little paper shapes to try to figure out like, how do you sew the sides of a bag together? Because I didn't have any background. So I was trying to figure this all out. Then... Maybe a few days later, I'd just been Googling and I was thinking, well, this would be really cool if I could actually do this as a business, like try how far along in a business I could get because I've always wanted to have a business. This is exactly an example. Fashion's extremely competitive though, because like I really wanted my idea to be a tech idea, like an app, have a few app ideas. I really wanted my idea to be like an invention or some kind of consumable or household item, definitely not fashion. It's yeah. very competitive. It's like the last field I wanted to go into. But then I had this cool bird bag idea and somehow I just kept doing it every single day. And so, um, so then, yeah, I decided to call it Angela Mariah because it went along with that fierce sort of focused bird vision that I had. And so Angela Mariah was just kind of like a name for, the lady that represented this yeah. very focused, like on the go woman who is needing to go places, but she also wants to have kind of her personality of being a little bit edgy, but also very classic, all thrown together into her bag. 
So it wasn't a bag that's meant to be the everything bag. Like there's so many bags that are, oh, saying, we have a thousand pockets and you can put us in the gym and on the train. And like, no, that was not my vision. My vision is like, this is a fashion bag. Like this is supposed to just stand out. Like it'll carry your day-to-day stuff, but it's really about in the moment. It's about on the go, in the moment, one night. It's not, this is the bag that you're going to carry your laptop in every day. So sorry, I didn't mean know that I was uh, saying the name wrong. I apologize about that. And oh, that's okay. It, it is very, it's a very elegant name though. I really love it. I think it's, I think Thank it's you. very pretty. Yeah. So I see like on your Instagram, you actually post like a time hop video of you doing your designs in with paper. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was like, that is really cool. I didn't know. So is that how you're, is that your process? Like where do you get your yeah. inspiration from? I mean, do you yes. still birds? It's still subtly. I mean, it's a subtle inspiration, but it's a very, I like to have a little bit of vintage and a little bit of futuristic vibes. So by vintage, there'll be a structured top handle, a bulb, a bulbous shape. Like you'll see a lot of those in vintage 1960s and 70s bags, like the very structured shape at the top handle. But then I like to have sharp points, like geometric edges, jagged edges, things that kind of speak to the fact that it's an art piece. It's meant to be making um, an artistic statement. So I like to- I'm actually pulling up your Instagram right now. So that is one of her bags. Very, very cool. And these are all vegan leather? Oh, yes, they will be. They they have been leather in the past, but I'm going completely vegan. And also, I just got an intern from a fashion school and she's helping me. Yeah, she's really helping me um, think about other materials that can be used because she's got way more sure. knowledge about what kind of materials are cutting edge these days. So this is an example of one of the bags that I like tried to sew myself. And it's kind of, you can tell, Very like cool, it's this silly design and then it morphs into way better. So... <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, it's amazing. So you started this. Oh yeah. That I yeah. love, I like that one a lot. That's like totally my style. Like I like the more like, you know, edgy futuristic vibe. I do love that. Like, I'm like, yeah, I can rock that first. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely for someone who's thinking to themselves, I can rock that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you've actually done quite, so from my experience in the fashion industry, it is tough. Like I learned like you, I think that you've been a lot more successful I mean, in, in my, it, it's also a different like type of product where I was doing like pants, skirts, dresses, tops, you know, I was doing all, the whole ar- array of things, you know, so mm-hmm. you've yeah. done, you've become fairly successful. I see you've, or you've been, your product has been on um, some of your local TV shows and, and things like mm-hmm. that. So how, how, tell us about how that's happened and how like you've grown organically. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Well, I feel like the biggest thing that was important for me to learn was the importance of having a cohesive aesthetic and brand when it came to social media, photography, and websites. And that was difficult and constantly changing because, for example, I would do a photo shoot with my bags or the samples and think, okay, I think that the vibe is like city chic and she's wearing this and this is her attitude. Sure. But then I would get a photo of something really elegant in the studio and that would, I would feel like, oh, that's my vibe. And so 
figuring out a vibe to stick to through everything, I think is the most important thing to make sales and have a brand that actually resonates with people. And I'm still nowhere near where I want to be with that. And branding, I will say is expensive because you've got to get models and their clothes and the, and I've learned to do all the photography myself at this point. Because oh, I really? Okay. That, yeah, so I'm, the, really I'm the photographer. Picture. Yeah. I used to get people to help me with it. And I realized no one can see it like I can. No one's going to get my vision like I do. And so I really have to style this whole thing and take the photos. So anyways, I would say that, that having the cohesive brand and vision was the number one thing when it comes to making sales and to getting like the press coverage. Sure. Because those are like what I consider the online assets. And you must have those in place in order to communicate with people about what you're doing and, and try to pitch and yeah. pitch press people. So once I had those in place, it was a lot easier to pitch influencers and people to collaborate with. And because I remember trying to pitch people when I didn't have my website in order and they would respond sometimes and say, oh, it looks like you've worked really hard on that. Thanks. Like, oh. and didn't even <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've gotten so much rejection. It's unbelievable. And still like, for example, I sent maybe 12 emails today that were pitches. And this is just what I do all the time. No responses. And that is just how it goes, you know, but out of every for you. So I'm in sales and like, yeah, you know, you deal, you deal with a lot of rejection or no response. Yeah. So yeah, I I know all about it. (laughs) Oh yes. But then one out of a hundred will thing that takes you to the next place yes. and so like trying to keep that in mind is so important so as far as like the news and everything like I, sw- I think networking is such a big deal when it comes to creatives especially when you're working from where you are you're in your city you're in Chicago or you're in Indianapolis where I am and you're just working with what's around you like there's this quote by Mike Dooley he's a writer and he says do what you can with what you have from where you are and I feel like that's so important. People can think, oh, I'm not in New York City. I can't make any headway. Oh, I'm not in LA. You know, there's no fashion district near me. Well, there's some community near you of creatives who you can work with and build upon every experience. But, but everything social media these days, it's so powerful. If you can leverage that, like you, like, I mean, the sky's the limit, really. I mean, a lot, I mean, like you said, influencers, I mean, these people are making a living off of being, uh, being a social media influencer. I mean, it's insane. I just, I took a class and my, my instructors, so I took a class on how to learn how to uh, leverage myself, my brand, my podcast, and how to grow it, grow my audience. And, uh, you know, and they were, they do other things, but what they're making is like 30 to $50,000 a month. Now, I mean, to just kind of screw around all day and, but just put your life out there. Like, come on, you know, like, I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm in. <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't know that that was. Like, oh God. Yeah. And they're, they're small cool. compared to the large ones. Like the ones that have a couple million followers, a couple hundred thousand. They mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's insane. Wow. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, it, and to work with people like that, I think it's important to just have your brand looking as good as possible with the resources you have to put into it. And so, um, yeah, so pitching and not being scared of hearing those, just figuring out the contact information for yeah. anybody you can, who you think might like your product. I mean, all these things are things I've spent a lot of hours on. 
Yeah, you definitely have done a really great job. And I think you're so impressive. You just started a new venture. So it's the Sage um, helping yeah. with business develop. I'm calling it the Sage system, but that name was taken on Instagram. So on Instagram, it's called the Sage Solution. And it's just outsourcing and business process development. So basically, as an accountant, as this left brain person, whenever I approached my creative business, I kept approaching it like an accountant would, which yeah. is okay, what's really going on here? What are my value added tasks? What are the things I'm doing that are actually moving the needle every day? And then from there trying to figure out, okay, how can I boil those tasks down into things that I can do every single week so that every minute I am putting into this business, it's for a good reason. It's not just like scrolling through social media like I've done before or, you know, um, just editing photos endlessly, things like that are not really going to make a difference in the long term. Yeah. So, so anyway, I figured out all these processes out in my own business because I was at one point putting in probably 50 to 60 hours a week. And then after really thinking about what am I doing every week? Okay, how can I repeat that? How can I turn this into a repeatable week by week system? Um, now my hours are like around 20 hours or less a week. So I thought I could probably serve as a sounding board maybe to small businesses who are starting off and feeling overwhelmed and aren't sure how to A, create content for their business with a limited budget because that was something I ran into a million times. I thought there's all this advice about how to, how to have a nice social media feed, but no one ever tells you how do you actually make the photos. Yeah. Exactly. Get the photos together and put them here. And it's like, yeah, but I have a cell phone camera and I'm, you know, I don't feel like anything around me is as aesthetically pleasing as it's supposed to be to be out there in the world. So there's just all these things I had to learn. So I thought I could be a sounding board for that. And then also creating effective email campaigns. Because once I got my email campaign together and my automation, that helped my sales because um, people will sign up and then eventually along the email chain, they'll purchase. But before I had a really solid, tight, tightly wound, tightly branded email automation sequence, I couldn't depend on it to ever bring me any sales. And so learning that was, was really important. I put about 50 hours one week into developing a new email automation sequence. And I thought if I could help new businesses who are struggling with like what offers to provide to their new signups, and how to make it all look good and where to lead people and what kind of free value they could also provide because it's important with, um, you know, being somebody that your customers want to hear from it, providing a lot of value. So, so that's another thing I do is help businesses develop email automation sequences. Or maybe have to talk. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think you could apply those to my podcast that may be something that we could talk about and you know, maybe I, I might have to use you because I, I love doing this. I like, I would love to grow it and just talk to as many people as I could that are as amazing as you. You are incredibly intelligent. Oh my God. You're so smart. Thank you. I'm very, I like get long winded. So you have to cut me off. No, 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 no. You're fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying what you're telling us because this is valuable. You're giving, you're giving all of us very valuable information. And I'm just like, I'm blown away. I'm like, Holy crap, this chick's smart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm saying that in the best possible way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so are you still doing any accounting work or are you fully, fully focused on your handbag line and now this new business? I'm not doing any like traditional accounting, like any tax or any 
anything like that. However, I would love to spin my experience into doing some consulting, maybe, or some advisory type work. So we'll see if that works out eventually. But right now, I'm really just focused on doing the freelancing, helping small businesses get their assets together so they can start making sales, and my handbag business. And I'm thinking about expanding the handbag business into some other items. So I'm trying to do this home home sort of thing, like minimalistic, chic, uh, mysterious kind of home decor. So I've just started launching that, but I've got some more to think about. And then maybe even doing like, uh, closet essentials section with just the basics, you know, like I need a little black dress. I have this type of style. Here are my options and keeping it simple because I think people want a simple streamlined experience in 2020. Yeah. People are sick. I think people are sick of having 5 billion options. So I agree. that's where I'm thinking about doing. I would agree. Well, you are amazing and we will have to do a follow-up. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, I'm going to put all your links in the description of the, um, of this episode. So your handbag line, your new business for helping small businesses, um, your Instagram, your Facebook, all those different links I will definitely include. Is there any little advice for, that you'd like to leave with the audience if they are creative, if they're in business, whatever, just whatever comes off the top of your head, what would you like to leave them with today? The best advice I've heard in the last week is to try as many different things as possible and throw different things at the wall and see what sticks. I think it's easy to get single focused and that's great, but if, you, if you're not 100% sure, then just throw things at the wall and figure out what is resonating most, not only with you, but with the market and your audience as well. I love it. Oh my God. Thank you, Tara, so much for being a guest. I will definitely have you back and I'm going to be following your journey and become a customer as well. I'm excited to see this, like the, this home stuff, homeware or whatever you're coming out with. I'm, I'm, you are super talented. I didn't realize how smart you were. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, this, you're, you're incredible. But anyways, you guys, this is your host, Deanna Kempel of label free podcast, live your best life. You must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, like comment and share. And I look forward to talking to you soon.